It is Friday, June 30th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. We are officially through the month of June. Wow. July this weekend? Seriously? July tomorrow. Yes, we are through the month of June. We're at the halfway or a little bit over yeah. halfway with the baseball Depending season. This is where, you know, we always say the cream rises to the top. This is when pretenders can become contenders mm. or the other way around. Because we've seen a lot of that around the league, see, Rosie. A lot of these teams that we thought were going to be at the top of the standings are right now either middling or just not in it at all. I think we're going to talk about some of them, right? Yep. A lot to get to uh, over the next 30 minutes or so if you're joining us on the podcast or uh... – YouTube side of things. Tip of the cap to one Christopher Morell. He's really been great since the Cubs recalled him, but this is what I'd love. After, I think they got swept at home by the Phillies, didn't they? Yes. Okay, this is a picture of him after the game signing for fans. Apparently, he did this for quite a while. Now, as you know, it ain't easy after a loss to stick around. I don't see a lot of guys do it, and I understand it. But particularly after you get swept at home in what was a pretty big series against the defending National League champs. And here he is doing his thing. Tip of the cap. Cool thing. It's awesome. And I, I wish more guys would do it. It does. In all honesty, it gets a little daunting when you, you're up there and you start signing for one or two people because then it becomes a crowd. Mm -hmm. Then you know you're in it for a while. Um, but every once in a while to go do that, I think, is really, really important because – I mean, think about, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, my first autograph at a game and a lot of people remember their first autographs at a game. When mm -hmm. I go to Twins Fest, people like remind me all the time, hey, you signed uh, this for me back when. It's just important. You know, it yep, creates it like kind of like lifelong core memories. So, yeah, I like that. Tip of the cap. Uh, week from Tuesday, the Midsummer Classic up in Seattle. We found out about the starters yesterday. Uh, some newbies, a lot of Texas Rangers out there, some really cool stories. Who are you most excited for to have received the honor? There's a couple of them. I kind of like the guys that are like unsung. Uh, one like on the side, Orlando Arcia, to start the game mm -hmm. after not even knowing he was going to like really be on a starter for his team. I think that's kind of a cool story. A lot of people were worried about that going into the season for the Braves. And then the other one I like is J.D. Martinez. You know, like I like the older guys kind of like figuring stuff out. I watched him hit last night. He still just got the sweetest swing, man. Just yeah, driving man. the ball to all different parts of the park. Um, because I went to his guy to hit, I like know his mechanics very well. So every time I see his at bats, I'm like really locked into him. But uh, I thought what he's done this year for the Dodgers has been incredible. And, you know, he gets rewarded with the all-star nod. Yeah, count me as one of those guys that was a little skeptical. He had a great first half last year and then completely fell off and you always wonder if it's oh that time in a guy's career where he can't regain it. And then when they seemingly picked J.D. Martinez over Justin Turner, uh, I was like, man, I don't know. And Justin Turner's actually had a really good first half for Boston. Yes. I still think that they miss part of what Justin Turner brings outside of the batter's box. But what, J sure. what J.D. Martinez has done inside of the batter's box, awesome. Almost 900 OPS, 135 OPS plus. Uh, he's got 19. There's a lot, there's a lot of homers going on. Around. 19 homers yeah. by the All-Star game is big boy stuff. Yep. Sure is. Well, he's going to have more by the All-Star break. He yeah. could have over 20. 
Uh, for me, the reason I am wearing the Diamondbacks hat, and I'm going to pull a ploof here. I'm going to say two guys. Um, Corbin Carroll. We knew he was going to be great as a rookie. We didn't know he was going to be a legit top five NL MVP candidate. And he has been exactly that. He has provided virtually everything Arizona has wanted. He is the main reason, in my opinion, why they are the top dog in the NL West through halfway the season. And side note, where's he from? Seattle. How cool it's is awesome. that? Awesome! It's amazing, dude. It's amazing. I'm, I'm like so stoked for that guy to. One, I mean, how many things could we clap for him for? One, you, you come up and you're one of the best players in the National League. Two, you get signed to a hundred million dollar deal. Three, you get nominated to be a starting All Star. And four, the All Star game just happens to be in your hometown. I mean, that's amazing. Like you're probably not going to forget 2023 for Corbin Carroll. We're all about perspective here. He will be the 24th <clears> rookie <throat> to start an All Star game. Here's some of the outfielders that started as a rookie. Joe DiMaggio, Frank Robinson, Ichiro, Aaron Judge. That's it? No, no, no. There's a couple others in there. Some some guys were uh, replacements for guys that were voted in Mm -hmm. but couldn't start because of injury and things of that nature. But I just handpicked a couple of – I cherry-picked a couple of big names. Um, Also, one other shout-out, and I'll throw on his lid real quick just because I think the story is amazing. <laughs> Yandy Diaz of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, his quote yesterday to Trisha Whitaker, who does a phenomenal job covering the Rays, by the way, down there in Bally's, said, when I left Cuba, all I was thinking was to have a better life. I didn't even think I'd sign with a big league team. I'm so grateful and happy. I mean, if you don't tear up a little bit hearing that quote. Just... I love watching that guy play, too. Oh, my God. Uh, such a beast. He's had a great, great year. I know he's dipped a little bit lately, but still phenomenal. He's two homers shy of a career high and over 100 points higher in his career OPS. Awesome. Can I do a tip of the cap? Please, you can. The entire Texas Rangers infield is starting. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool, man. Like, you know, Marcus uh, Simeon well, and Seager. Well, not Nate Low, I know, but third base, shortstop, second base. You figure Simeon and Seager got a shot for Josh Young to come in and also be there with his guys. I think that's just – it's a quick turnaround, a cool story for Texas, and they have a big series coming we might talk about. Yes, they do. In fact, let's get to it. More interesting <clears throat> first versus second place in your division series. Marlins paying a visit to the ATL or the Astros starting a four-game wraparound series in the aforementioned Texas I bet you think I'm going with Texas, but I'm not. I'm going down in Atlanta. That's serious. Winners of five in a row for the Marlins. Winners of five in a row for the Braves. There are some interesting pitching matchups going on. You were talking a little bit about them on Amp. We have Sandy versus Strider. We have the young dude versus the vet and Yuri versus Charlie. Um, what are the Marlins in one-run games? 19 and five in one-run games. They're chasing Atlanta in the division. They're, they're a decent ways back. I think six games back. I just want to see these pitchers go up against each other. I want to see these guys face off. Jazz Chisholm back, I think, does something for me and does something for that offense. Um, so that's the one I'll be glued on. I think it's uh I think it's gonna be an interesting series. I think it and it's I think it's a great litmus test for the Marlins to see exactly where they are. You know, I think we, we both think we said it earlier this week that they're playing the best team in baseball, uh, the most complete team. Um and and we were reminded by one of our um, awesome listeners out there that Mike Soroka is going to make his first start 
at home in, I think it's over three years. That's amazing. And one in six already, though, against Atlanta, Miami is. So they need to turn that around a little bit. The litmus test, they've been failing the litmus test so far. Well, but has it been a little while since they last played them? I feel like it, I feel like that might have been an early May sort of They had them, um, at the end of April and early May, they faced them kind of like back to back. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, I, no, and I think that they're slightly different team because, even as little as three or four weeks ago, certainly I wasn't on them. I know that you believed a little bit more in them. I didn't because of their hitting, but they've hit the ball well enough. They were 16 and 13 the last time they faced off, then they got swept, mm-hmm. put them back down to 500. And now what are they? 14, 15 games over 500? Yeah, they've been winning, man. Okay. This is fun. Um, I'm going to go to the other one and not because I just want to go to the other one, but I really think that it's, it's interesting here. Houston, even though they finished up well in St. Louis, they've dropped eight of their last 13, but if they win three of four this weekend in Arlington, the lead in the AL West is going to be down to three. Now, if you think big picture about how good Texas has been, even though they barely had DeGrom in the first half, right? You, you just talked about all the stars littering the infield. Garcia's had an all-star year in the outfield. The starting rotation, even without Jacob, has really been good. Nathan Avaldi's going to make the all-star team. John Gray's got a shot, I believe. All that sort of stuff. If Houston wins the series, not even sweeps up four games, just wins the series, the lead's going to be down to three. And Jordan hasn't even played the last several weeks. You could say whatever you want about the Houston Astros, and many people have. Oh, this is the year we're going to count them out. Os Verlander, Jordan hasn't been healthy. They haven't gotten an at-bat from Brantley. They could be right there. This team just knows how to win and win series. And and this is also a team that I can put a lot of faith into go on runs. Like, you know, okay, yeah, they haven't played great over the last two weeks, whatever it is. They're coming into this one playing better. But would you be surprised if they went a week without losing a game? Like that's mm-hmm. just kind of, I mean, I have that faith in this team and I think everybody around the league knows that it can happen very quickly. So yeah, I'm, I'm, this is not counting them out of that division whatsoever. You can't. And I also, I also think that this is going to be the first time in a few years where they're going to make a huge splash trade. Now they have gone and gotten relievers. Uh, they've gotten some, some bit parts to help with the run that they've gone on over the last several years. But I think the last major trade was Granky in 2019. I think we looked at that. I mean, I'm talking about a like a big yeah. time midseason trade. Uh, we could be wrong on that. But where I, do you I think, think they go? Is it? Are we talking like a an outfield bat? Are we talking a starter? Are we talking? Well, we talked. We you and I have talked about a, a center fielder for them. Like I don't Bellinger? know how many guys. Yeah, I mean, but the, I think the Cubs feel like they're still in I don't it, know right? Bellinger can go on the Astros, bro. <laughs> I think for drama's sake, God, we sure hope so. <laughs> that really, I think that would be a hell of a lot of fun for all of us. Oh so. man, you know what else is fun? What our boy Jake and Joe's McFly, what they're doing this weekend? They are off to the Windy City. Why? Because NASCAR is headed to the streets of Chicago, an unprecedented road course race right through the heart of the city. There has truly been nothing quite like it in NASCAR's 75 years of existence. And 
It's an epic way to celebrate those 75 years of racing, competition, and innovation with this one-of-a-kind event. The field will be as even as ever, considering this is every driver's first time behind the wheel on this course. So what does a road course do? If you're not a NASCAR fan, right, they're they're used to just turning left, right? They just do this the whole time. No, they've got 12 twists and turns through historic Grant Park, and that's going to make for some unbelievable racing. There's also a playoff spot on the line, so you never know what's going to happen. Oh, there's one other thing. Chicago, May through October, one of my favorite cities to visit. The weather's awesome. People love to party it up. And this weekend, it's July 4th weekend, so make sure you get the whole crew together, celebrate the stars and stripes, and tune into the first-ever Chicago Street Race, July 2nd, 5.30 Eastern on NBC. You ever been to an NASCAR event? No, but I want to. I We used to drive by my first year when I was in the Appalachian League uh, out there in Tennessee. There's Bristol. Mm. And before that racing. Yeah, before that race, I don't know, like two weeks out from it, people were like already camping and they had everything. It was crazy to see that. So I would love to go to one. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like I, yeah, I'd like it. I'd like the crowd aspect of it, like tailgating, all that. I know I'd like that, but watching uh watching it. I'm not so sure. I have an uncle that's like super, super into it. He like yeah. he like will like we'll record them if you can't watch them, you can't talk about them. Like one of those guys. Yeah, seeing all of the uh, all the trailers getting in there and the motorhomes and it's quite a it's quite a sight. I uh, went out to Fontana many many. Moons okay, ago. yeah, 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 yeah. And you know I've covered some of the stuff when I used to work at Fox, so it's really an interesting area. No question. They call it the this number weekend? one spectator sport in the in the U.S. Or is that am I wrong about that? You mean in person? Yeah, I think so. Like the biggest crowds. Well, yeah, because I mean you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. Love that. And let's not talk about the parties on the infield. Certain places. That's where I would Moving thrive, C. Rosie. Oh boy, maybe in your maybe in your single days. Let's let's move it along before we okay. get into too much okay. trouble. Uh, I just talked about the Houston Astros a little bit. They took it to the Cardinals, and in particular, Adam Wainwright on Thursday. Did not make it out of the second inning. Six runs, an inning and two-thirds. His ERA now sits at nearly seven and a half. Wainwright's in the last year uh, of his amazing career. He is 41 years old. He has started to question himself, and he was worried a little bit that maybe his manager was as well. Get my age, you just wonder sometimes if people have have lost faith in you, you know. And uh, that's what he walked over and said he didn't. He hadn't lost faith in me, and, and um, still believed I was going to finish strong and going to help this team win a lot of games. Which that's what I asked him. I said, "Hey, just don't give up on me, you know." And uh, he said, "I'm not giving up on you until this is over." It's tough to watch. Um, I watched his whole press conference yesterday. It was that was not fun at all. And he's obviously talking about his skipper Ali Marmal, who came over to him. Um, how much do the cards owe it to Wayno to see it through for this entire year? I don't know. Like owing him is a weird thing for me. And I don't think they really owe it to him to continue to start, but like, I think that he can figure things out, I guess. I don't know if that's going to be in like a starter's capacity. Although, you know, if the manager comes up to you and says, like we haven't lost faith in you. You're going to keep going. You're going to figure this out like till the end. That's what he said. Uh, so I, I mean, I guess I expect him to keep starting. Um, that that does that can change pretty quickly though. If they 
especially where they're at in the standings. I think that's the biggest thing. And I love Wainwright and I, and I'm, I, I respect Wainwright and his career and everything he's done. Um, but when you're in their position and if you're really, I mean, I don't know, do they think they could climb back into this thing? I guess that's where you have to find out, like you have to know where their headspace is at, right? Like if they really don't believe they can climb into it, then Wayno can go out there and continue to pitch and try to figure things out on the mound. I mean, he talked about his curveball not working. It's still it's still like a really plus pitch. And maybe it hasn't been and it wasn't against the Astros. It's got a negative 15 run value. It's the only pitch that he has that has a negative run value. Everything else, the four-seamer hasn't been good this year. Uh, but that's been that way for the last two years. The only positive or negative run value means good. It's the only negative run value pitch he has is that curveball. So I think... He can spin that, but he's got to get the other stuff working as well. I mean, the numbers aren't good. He The starts haven't been great. He's had a couple where they're serviceable. I don't even know if he's had a quality start yet. The guy was looking at his game logs. I guess he had one against the Mets, six and a third, three earned runs. But other than that, there have been five, you know, five uh, innings pitch, four earned runs, you know, three earned runs. It's He's given him a chance for the most part. The last two starts haven't been good at all. So I, 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 I got to imagine he continues to start for a while, but Again, it could change pretty quickly. I cannot remember a more disastrous Cardinal season in my life. Yeah, it's, I, I keep thinking it's going to turn around, see Rosie, but it's just not. Just not. It just isn't. They have Kay Wu did a phenomenal breakdown on, on what happened last night. She had an alarming number in there. The Cardinals have been in last place 70% of the season. 70 in that division. Like, what has happened here as far as getting to the question of Adam Wainwright? No, they, you, you don't owe You don't owe him anything. You owe the organization whatever you can to make it the best season possible or to make your future as good as it can be. Right. We know that Michaelis is going to be around next year. Outside of that, we don't know a whole lot, right? Jordan Montgomery's a free agent. Wainwright's out of here. Flaherty's a free agent. Matt Liberator is already in the rotation. So, you know, and he hasn't been great, but he's a young guy. They got to give a shot to here. The only other thing you could do is put Steven Matz back in the rotation, but he's 0-7 with an ERA near five. He did a nice job coming in and, you know, saving it a little while after Wainwright stunk it up. But, like, what are we waiting for? Is there a kid in AAA that, that Wainwright's preventing from getting some time here in the big leagues? I don't know. I... I don't think there is. And that's, that's, it's where I'm kind of questioning this whole thing. It's like, what, what do you do? If a guy's struggling, it's been his last two starts, like I said, um, what do you do? Do you give him some like long rolls out of the bullpen? I, I don't think you do right. that to him. I, it doesn't seem like that's logical. Now, do you phantom him? Throw some bullies on the side. Like that's always an option. It really is. And with a guy like that, who understands like the business of baseball, he might want that. And say, hey man, like give me, give me a week, give me ten days to figure things out. So, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but he's you know pretty upset, and there is the you know the mental health um, list now that you can go on to, which well the Twins have used utilized already this year. There was that story that earlier this week that that Wainwright deactivated his Twitter account. He said, "Listen, I was just spending too much time on it, reading a lot of negative shit." particularly after his um, his start over in London, which did not go well. And 
he said, I'm sitting here on the couch with my family. He's got five kids. And he said, I'm sitting here watching, just reading through Twitter. And he was like, this is not healthy for me. So he deactivated it. I, I did go through and read the tweet responses to Katie Wu's column. And a lot of it was very positive from all the Cardinal fans. And that's the way it should be. And this is going to be a terrible last season memory for him. And I hate, I suppose that's the worst thing to come out of this is that I hate it for him. He has been such a stalwart in that organization. It's been the only big league uniform he's ever put on. And everybody's going to say, well, he should have retired with Yachty. And I, I just don't think that's fair. And I think let's prefer to remember all the great things he's done for that team. And if he's able to fight through here and maybe reclaim a little bit of that glory in the second half, let's try and hang on to that and just appreciate that he's trying to fight through this shit. Who did that last year for the Cardinals? Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols came on hot in the second half. Yeah, this is a guy that everyone wants to root for. He's, you know, class act, you know, respected around the game. So I don't know what the I don't know what to do. I'm sure they're racking their brains over there too. Like what what can we do to get the performance better? Not only for our team, but for Wayno too. They don't want to see him go out like this. There's no possibility during the all-star break that he's hanging out with his family and is like, mm, this seems kind of fun. Let's do this instead of the last three months. No, I don't, I don't think he would do that. I think that he's a guy that would like to finish out the year and, mm-hmm. you know, finish, you know, what he started. So I, I don't see that happening. Um, no. I, the only reason I brought it up was because when I talked to Skip Schumacher after he got the Marlins job, remember he was the bench coach in St. Louis. Albert really struggled the first few months. And Schumacher said, I didn't definitively know this, but I had a feeling, knowing Albert the way I do, that he he was tinkering with the idea of walking away midseason and just saying, just hasn't worked out. And that's the only reason I bring it up. Now, once again, okay. Schumacher didn't know that for a fact. It was just something he threw out there. We've got that on a past episode if you want to go listen to the whole thing. Uh, cards not alone in their struggles. Which other team would you like to see step it on the accelerator for the next week and a half, tear it up as they head into the all-star break? Well, I kind of mentioned this team earlier, but I'm going to go with the Chicago Cubs. They've lost four in a row now. They have some pieces there that we really like, but if they don't turn it around and catch fire before the break, they're not going to be there at the end of the year. They're going to have a lot of interesting decisions to make with that team. You know, when they're good, they're a lot of fun to watch. Right now, they're sitting seven games back of a wild card spot, so they really got to catch fire. They got to leapfrog uh, the Pirates, the Brewers, <laughs> the Reds, and the Phillies that just swept them. So there's a lot of work to be done. But if I could choose one team, I think that would be it. Like, let's go make make the front office have a difficult decision. That's kind of what you talk about in the clubhouse uh, when you're – floundering like this or you're kind of around that mark where it could go either way it's like let's make them have a difficult decision let's not make it easy on them like that's let's get up there around the 500 mark what are they they're five games under 500 let's get up there around the 500 mark and see what happens let's let's hang together boys um and i think you know this week or 10 days is going to tell a lot it's going to make or break if they're going to be together or not if they could start that monday i would prefer it considering they play the Guardians this weekend, but I appreciate your sentiment. Um, I will go with 
one team that made the playoffs that we barely pick on. We'll take our shots at the Cardinals. What the hell's the matter with them? The Mets, you guys are going to spend $350 million on that payroll. Padres, you give everybody $200 million and you stink. What's happened to the Seattle Mariners this year? Oh, yeah. What has happened to you guys? You just kind of, maybe we don't talk about them because they're tucked away in the Pacific Northwest and we just thought they were this cute little story. And so this year we were like, oh, yeah, they've got a shot to be really good, particularly with that rotation. Here they are. They're three games under 500 and five plus out on the wild card. Let's go. And I really am throwing down the gauntlet because here's some of the pitchers they are going to face before the All-Star break. McClanahan, Glass now, Logan Webb, I believe Alex Cobb is coming back, Fromber, Christian Javier. I'm telling you, you show me something. You want to go You want to get back in this thing? Go win a series from Tampa Bay. Go take care of the San Francisco Giants who have been on a great run the last five or six weeks. Finish the first half by doing your business down in Houston. Or you could just kind of just trudge along. and they, Offensively, they're a nightmare. nightmare. They've got four guys that have already struck out at least 90 times. There's two guys already over 100 on the season. They're leading OP. Who do you think leads the team in OPS? Uh, it's not Kelnick anymore. Uh, is it Caballero? No, it's Mike Ford in his 53 at bats, 779. (laughs) My guy Caballero. Rest you guys. Caballero? What am I saying? I can't even say that name right now. Is it Caballero? I have a mental block. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. You get him in this business. I've gotten plenty of them every day. But come on, guys. This is supposed to be your year. We're having the all-star game up here where there's going to be a bunch of Mariners in it and starting. Now, who are you going to get? Luis Castillo and that's it? Rosie, they're 24th in OPS in the league. They're 24th in OBP. Not getting on base, not slugging. I mean, therein lies your problem because everything else is kind of working for them. So Julio, get it going. Kelnick, find what you had in the first month. Uh, Teoscar, let's go. Eugenio. Hey, Eugenio. Let's go. They need to have like a little seance with the bats, man. Something. Mm, mm. I like that. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of here on the YouTube and podcast side of things, better play from the state of Missouri. My guy, Jose Ramirez, with the straight steal of home against the Roldis Chapman in extra innings. Initially, he was called out, uh, but they did an umpire review, and Jose clearly got in there. It was an amazing, amazing slide. But was that better than the kid saving his buddy from a surefire bloody nose with a last-second stick-my-mitt-and-somehow-catch-the-ball-backward deal? And you really got me here because these are two excellent plays right there because you're right because that, that ball was going to nail that kid in the face, dude. And then it's like bad memories, and we got to get the you know the first aid kit down there. Happy for him. But the Jose Ramirez play, I mean, just the situation, Chapman on the mound, you know, really focused. I think it was 0-2, two outs. Lefty up there. Ramirez understands that that's going to be a difficult situation. So I got to make something happen. And just took advantage of it, man. And the slide was perfect. That's a scary play for a, a runner right there. You're going in. You know, Salvi's a big boy. You know, like he, if he puts his body down there and you got your arms out uh, outstretched, like it's going to be a 
You can dislocate your shoulder. You can break your fingers. Uh, but he just got in there so perfectly. And it's just another example of Jose Ramirez doing MVP type stuff. Like to be able to have the wherewithal to just try this and the balls to just try this is one thing, but to be able to pull it off too. I mean, that's, that's a freaking big league play. I even put that on my Instagram. I was so excited when I saw it. It was amazing. It was really unbelievable stuff. And he is one of the most daring and smart base runners out there. Here's the one thing people don't talk about. And I've got a question about it. Jimenez is a left-handed hitter, so he can see him running down the baseline, but it is his two strike count. How scary is that for Jose Ramirez? He doesn't know if he's swinging or not. Well, I think because he's a lefty, I think as a runner, you can kind of like pull up if you see him start to swing. I know it sounds crazy, but like, oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult because I, I I doubt there was any sort of like signal between them because you mentioned obviously that it was two strikes. And uh, if it is a strike, what are you going to do as a batter? I've never been in that situation, so I don't know. I think that you, if you see him coming, you just got to say, hey, you got this one, Poppy. If I strike out, I strike out. Like, but you're trying to make something yeah. happen. Yeah, terrifying. All right. Uh, anything fun this weekend got going on? Teddy's got some more baseball. Um, Love it. So that's it. We're doing like a wiffle ball thing in my neighborhood tonight, which is awesome. Okay, good. A little bit of that. Sounds you? Good. Um, you know, family's all here. Josh is still in town, our oldest one. So I love that. We're going to be hanging out, having a good, good old family dinner, and then we'll see where else the the weekend takes us. So, love um. That. Vinny Pasquantino will be the latest co-host on the Rose Rotation. He's always a good time. That'll be coming your way on Monday. And don't forget about the latest edition of Baby Ball Players. I think we're going to release a Cubs edition on Sunday, same day as another Ball and Play League game. Make sure you check it out. We'll be in the stream 6 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the always entertaining Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday on Baseball Today.